What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 19, Dr. Harriet Davis, the vegan bikini doc on becoming a champion bodybuilder. When it's dinner time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like many trees when you're having dinner with me. Broccoli. Dr. Yami Kazorla Lancaster, board certified pediatrician, certified food for life cooking and nutrition instructor, certified well coach, and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant based nutrition habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Today, I have the pleasure of having a very beautiful physician, Dr. Harriet Davis. She is a board-certified family medicine physician, and fellowship-trained sports medicine doctor in Charlotte, North Carolina. She is also the winner of PETA's Sexiest Vegan Next Door in 2015. Woohoo! And she is known as the Vegan Bikini Doc because she began competing in amateur bodybuilding in the bikini division back in 2013. Welcome, Dr. Harriet. Thank you so much for being a guest on Veggie Doctor Radio. It is an honor to have you here today. The honor is all mine. So thank you for inviting me. Oh, it is a pleasure. I read that you were vegetarian for 20 years before you transitioned to a vegan diet. Can you please tell us more about why you became vegetarian initially, but then subsequently a vegan? So I think I'm one of these people who was born to be vegan, honestly. I have never enjoyed eating meat or animal products throughout my entire life. So while I was living at home, I ate more breakfast food than anything else because I just did not enjoy beef or chicken. We didn't do much pork, but I just didn't digest any of that very well. So once I went off to college, I made the decision to start transitioning to a vegetarian diet. Obviously, at that point, um, I still had dairy in my my nutrition on a daily basis, but the first two things I got rid of were definitely beef and any pork that may have been in my diet. Not a lot, but any of that. And then over the years, I just continued to transition until I had become a full vegetarian while I was in college. Awesome. And then what? why did you go vegan? How did you make that transition? So I became vegan pretty much, I don't want to say by default, but um, basically I didn't realize because I was young when I 
started the transition to vegetarian, I didn't realize what impact these animal products were having on my digestion. I will, I like to tell people it seemed balanced as long as I was eating all the animal products. I, my, I had very sluggish digestion, but um, there was nothing that really upset me other than maybe to have some indigestion if I had something that like pork. So once I was able to wean off of all flesh and just had like dairy in my diet, then I noticed that dairy, I didn't tolerate it very well, that it was giving me some digestive issues that were uncomfortable, embarrassing. And so um, I decided one year that I was just going to cut it out. My church was doing a Daniel's fast. Mm. And, you know, I decided I'm going to do this. And when I looked and researched, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a vegan diet, you know? So after I did that for 21 days, I felt great. And I just decided to sustain that. So I was vegetarian for many years, 20 years or a little over 20 years. And then it was around 2007, 2008, kind of in between that time frame that I made that full transition to vegan. And by this time you were already a practicing physician, correct? Yes. Yes. And do you integrate what you've learned about a plant-based nutrition with your patients? I sure do. And a lot of my patients, because I've been in the Charlotte area for 10 and a half years, they know that I'm I'm vegan or plant-based. And so that draws a lot of patients to me because, you know, there's been so much in the media these days about, you know, like what the health or different benefits from a plant-based diet. And so I try to incorporate that into my daily practice especially in patients who have self-inflicted diseases, as I like to think of them, your type 2 diabetics, your hypertensives that are are that way because of obesity, Um, sometimes thyroid disorders that have developed later in life that are due to some weight changes and some dietary changes. And obviously patients who have survived cancer, they are usually the ones that are initiating, you know, a lot of the discussion about nutritional changes. So I try to let food be thy medicine. (laughs) That's right. And even though that's just a handful of different conditions you mentioned, that makes up a lot of patients, though, especially in family practice, because I'm sure that you do see a lot of adults and geriatric patients that may be having a lot of these uh, chronic diseases that could be affected by what they eat. Yes. And because I am family medicine, I mean, I take care of children as well. And childhood obesity is such a large epidemic, the addiction to sugars, the addiction to processed foods. And so it's just a great um, platform to kind of springboard a lot of the things that help improve overall health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Are you having a lot of difficulty with childhood obesity in North Carolina? Yes. Yes. It's a big problem. Well, how... Mm-hmm. It, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what's, what's a little ironic is either the child is obese or they're underweight. I mean, we rarely have just normal, you know, as far as if you go by BMI or body composition. Um, so it's like feast or famine. <laughs> yeah. And are you seeing that the children that are malnourished, is it because they're experiencing hunger or just lack of access to food? I think it's multifactorial. Sometimes it's, it's lack of access other times it's they're athletic and maybe they are not fueling their bodies properly. So they're burning up a lot of the, the calories that they're taking in and haven't had any coaching or, you know, kind of advice as to how to perform very well and increase that, those calories and how to do it with plant-based foods. Mm-hmm. And you have specific training that can help you with those patients, but also personal experience. What motivated you to go into medicine in the first place? So the thing that motivated me to go into medicine is the thing that gets me up every day and on my way and excited to be on my way to help patients. When I was 11 years old, my father died from heart disease. He had had his first heart attack before the age of 50, and he has a strong family history of coronary artery disease. He also had, you know, some poor nutritional habits, and obviously I was young, I was 11, but, you know, my mother made all the changes that were recommended, and so we started eating pretty clean. Not that we weren't eating clean before, but it it was a lot different. And so the day that my father died was the day that could have been the worst day of my life and the most chaotic, but it was the day that I decided what the purpose of my life would be. And that would be to help people to improve their overall health, 
and well-being through being their physician, being their friend, being a role model to them. So that's the thing that in honoring my father, it motivates me every single day. And it also was the reason that I went into medicine. Oh, that is so beautiful. I got full body chills. That is, that's just amazing. But what I love the most is that you said that even though that event was catastrophic, you know, it was so significant, it impacted you so much. It gave you something positive. It It gave you this zest and this purpose so that you can use that experience to help so many thousands of people with this message and with the training you have, not just in diet and lifestyle, but other medical training that you've had. So that's just beautiful. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about your sports background. I would definitely want to get to the bodybuilding because I have a lot of questions about that. But before you even got into that, you were already into sports. Tell me, when did you start sports in your life and what kind of different things have you done? So I was introduced to sports at a very young age because most people don't believe it, but I've struggled with my weight my entire life. As far as my mom has always been one who encouraged me to have normal body composition. So for as long as I can remember, I was involved in something, whether it was dance classes like ballet, which some people may not consider a sport, but just activity. And then as I got into school, um, I was just a natural runner. So from middle school all the way through high school, I ran track. And I loved it. I mean, I cheered as well and, you know, did other things, but that was kind of my, my niche was track. So um, obviously I didn't go to college on a track scholarship because my focus was my academics. So I became more and more of a distance runner as my stress levels increased. That's the way I like to look at it. So I went from running the 800, you know, meter relay in um, high school to starting to dabble in some middle distance running in college to marathons in med, in med school and thereafter. <laughs> and then when I hit my 40s, believe it or not, <laughs> I um, started to notice that all the things that I used to do to maintain this, this nice physique it just didn't seem to be working anymore. You know, I'm vegan, I'm trying to sleep well. We all know as physicians we deal with stress, so that's my stress relief is to exercise. So I started running more and more, like 60 miles a week. It's a lot. It's kind of insane. Yes. And my body was not changing. So finally, I I waved the white flag and decided I'm going to hire a professional to help me, you know, because I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. So I hired a trainer here in Charlotte who's actually vegan. And he picked apart my nutrition. And, you know, I realized at that point, okay, you're not paying attention to the way you're fueling your body. You know, you're eating healthy, but how much, you know, where are your protein sources coming from? And because I was doing a lot, I had gone raw raw vegan that year too. So it was just a disaster. (laughs) But after we did that, I started strength training because I realized that what I was seeing was less muscle definition. And obviously what's replacing that is your fatty tissue. And so I was just soft, even though I was, you know, doing all this exercise and burning all these calories. So I'm very, very goal oriented. I can't just do something just to be doing it. So that's what springboarded my interest into bodybuilding. Well, there's several things I want to point out about your story. One is what a wonderful habit you have of that whenever you get stressed, you exercise. Because I know me and many other people, I love exercise and I I love it. It feels great. But my go-to when I'm stressed is food. Food is like, you know, my food friend. So that's right. one of those struggles that I have. But I love it how you got to the point where you're 60 miles a week and then you're just like so frustrated. You're like, okay, this is not, this is not changing anything. But the other thing is something that I've also noticed that I was telling you earlier before we started the call. I'm going to be 39 this year and I'm naturally high muscle mass. But as I've gotten older, I've had to do more to keep that up. And it does. It's like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I didn't used to have cellulite there. I didn't used to have this soft spot there. What's that about? And I needed to really throw myself back into deliberately making sure I got that strength training in. 
So you made this realization, you're goal oriented and I can just see on your face. It just lights up. You're like, Oh yeah, give me some goals. Give me some check boxes to mark off. Yeah. Check boxes. Yeah. And, and I, I almost see that because bodybuilding to me, it's so regimented. I mean, you have to really put that effort in. So how did you fall into this competing and bodybuilding and, and getting to this next goal of transforming your body? So a girlfriend of mine who is also a physician had started competing the year before and I reached out to her and she lives in Atlanta. And I said to her, we've known each other since med school, you know, you look really great and I'm interested in this. How did you, you know, how did you do this? What did you do to get ready for a competition? And she explained to me, you know, the process. And so then I started doing my research locally because I, did, I worked too much to try to have a trainer. Now I have a trainer out of state, but at that point, you know, I was just too new to everything. So I did my research and I found another um, IFBB pro. So that's the International Federation of Bodybuilding, which I'm in now. And um, she is a trainer here, not vegan. So I used the information I had learned from my first trainer as far as my nutrition, started then delving into, you know, just learning about how to, I guess, fuel my body so that I could easily gain muscle because I don't really have problems gaining muscle, but I needed a trainer who was well-versed in competition preparation. So she knew what the judges would be looking for as far as the physique is concerned. And we started working together one-on-one, three days a week, as far as just the personal training. And then I had to train myself the other days of the week. And I worked with her for... I guess it's a year and a half and I, and I earned my professional status in 2014. And then after that, I hired a coach on the West coast who I'm still working with now um, because I, I felt like he could get me to the next level. And so my physique has made the most changes, you know, just it's, it's been fitness evolved as we like to say, it's, it's currently changing even now, but it's made the most changes since I hired my last informal coach. I mean, my coach right now, I guess mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. That, that's so cool. And I read an article from online about the training and cardio and weightlifting yeah. and, you know, the yeah. food. It seems to me really intense. So how do you keep up your motivation? What is it that you see in your brain that allows you every morning to get yeah. up and do two workouts a day and eat a certain amount of food? What is it that fires you and that fuels you for this? So one of the things is, is a habit now. I just have to be honest. It's a habit. You know, a lot of times it is hard initially, but when you really think about why you're doing it, and for me, it's to motivate other women, but I also motivate men, but other people that are 40 or over, um, that you're never too old to dream a new dream and to try something new. And, you know, regardless of whether you win or you lose, you're a winner by just investing in yourself. And so I really have always prided myself on trying to live by example and lead by example, especially in health. The other thing that really motivates me is when patients find out. So it's not something in the past that I have told them, but after winning the PETA thing, (laughs) that contest. It, we did a lot of press releases and so it was in the paper, I was on the news and, and that was great. Um, but after that, then a lot of more people like in the area started to know, oh, that's the doctor who competes, even though there are a lot of us out here. And so, you know, when, when you, people have expectations, <laughs> that's also a motivator. So I have high expectations of myself. I'm, I, I, one of my strengths is that I'm a very disciplined person. I just like structure and I like to push myself as far as I can go. I like to test my limits and I also like to see what develops from that. So it's more of like a personal thing, but also, you know, I get up every morning and I send out a Facebook post to tell people rise and shine is cardio time or it's workout time. And when I sleep in like yesterday, then I have people, you know, posting, where are you? And I'm like, I decided to sleep in today. You know, it's my routine day. So it's accountability too. <laughs> oh, I'm in love with you, Dr. Harriet. I just got to say, you inspire me. You are my kind of woman. I love hearing what you together. have to say for sure. <laughs> That's beautiful. Are you still competing then? 
I am. So I just started my prep for this this year last week. And, you know, I'm excited to see what my body will look like this season. Every year it changes a lot. And this was the first year that I actually just relaxed during my um, off season. I mean, I still train, but I didn't stress it if I gained weight or what have you. So um, I'm kind of I'm excited to see what my body looks like or mm -hmm. will look like. <laughs> and I saw you've won several times different places. Yes. Were you surprised when you first started competing that you were winning? Uh, yes and no. I mean, my coach is awesome. And usually when I win overall, um, it's in masters. So in that, you know, I expect to be very competitive because, you know, most of us, we don't look or act or behave our age. And so when you get up there and you're with the 18, 19 year olds and you've placed in the top 10, that's surprising. So the first time I ever placed in the top 10 in open bikini as a professional and they call my number, I was thinking, me <laughs> you know I had to look down and look back up and I'm like oh shoot yeah so yeah it was a pleasant surprise <laughs> oh that's so cool what's the hardest part I know you said now it's a habit which is wonderful because that's what I try to teach people is that once you do things over and over at the beginning it's difficult but then it yeah. just becomes second nature but I'm sure there are some things that maybe you still don't like a, as much about it so what are the hardest things about it you sacrifice a little bit of sleep. You sacrifice a little bit of time, you know, like just downtime. Like I'm really just kicking back, watching TV or any of that. The hardest part though is your meal prep. And so, I mean, it, that's a habit now, but if I decide I'm gonna go to the movies with my family and we're in the movies for three hours, then when I come back, that's three hours later that I'm trying to prep food and, and get it all compartmentalized for the week. And so that's the part that I wish, you know, I could just wave a magic wand and my meals already be prepped. Also, when I travel, um, I, I pack my food, I freeze it, I take it with me. Um, when I go to family gatherings, I take my food with me. So, you know, I'm always showing up with a bag. <laughs> and I've gotten used to it, but I'm sure people are like, what's in the bag? But you know what, Yami, Yami one of the things that I do is when I talk to patients who are like diabetics, and they tell me how hard it is to travel or why they've gotten off, you know, their, their diet, then, you know, I don't really make it be about me, but I, I explain to them that I do understand because I, I eat in a way that I can't just walk into a restaurant unprepared. You know, I've got to do my research before. So the hardest part is probably the nutrition. Mm -hmm. And what goes through your mind to make it more pleasant what kind of thoughts do you tell yourself what feedback do you tell yourself instead of being like oh, this sucks i have to prep again what are the different thoughts that run through your head so i think about how good i feel you know eating this way so obviously i don't feel great when i you know kind of stray from my my normal uh, meal plans so i think about how good it makes me feel to prepare my meals and how good it makes me feel to be prepared just in general and so I kind of uh, compare it to like when you're studying for an exam, it's so much better to take the time to do what you need to do to succeed. And that's what goes through my mind is that, you know, I need to do this. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to do it for me. Um, it was difficult about a year or so ago because my husband got mobilized or deployed. So I'm a mm -hmm. army reserve wife and he used to help me like prep my food. Um, and just mainly because he had a little more time or he didn't mind staying up late. And, you know, I dreaded it at first. I was like, oh my God, now I got to start doing my food again. But even once he came back, I was like, this is just not something I'm going to kind of pawn off on someone else. I'm just going to take control over it and continue to do what I've been doing because it's my food. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's also hard when you're sitting around watching people eat things that you enjoy, like my guilty pleasure is French fries. But or any kind of potato, really, but especially French fries. I don't eat them very often. Um, but it's hard, like as you get closer and closer to a competition, to see your family and friends eating things or smelling the things that they're eating and thinking, "Oh my God, I wish I could have that." <laughs> How do you resist? How do you resist the temptation? Well, that's evolved as well because I used to get an attitude a long time ago, <laughs> and now I'm just like, you know what? I'll have it one day. I know what it tastes like. I mean, and it's just not worth, 
you know, losing some points as far as in the competition to taste something now that you could taste later. So mm -hmm. I just wait for that delayed gratification. That's wonderful. And thank you for admitting that you're human, because I really do think that some people think physicians or amazing people like you that are physicians and bodybuilders, winning bodybuilders, <laughs> we're just like, you know, like eh, 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 robots, like, you know, nothing can phase us. But listen, French fries, delicious, yeah. Yeah. delicious. I mean, who doesn't love French fries? Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you so much. You're okay. Welcome. I want to address what you found out, what I found out, naturally women our age, that our bodies change. Tell me, as a sports medicine physician, how important is it for females, especially females that are getting up in their age, to integrate strength training into their exercise regimen? It is very important. You know, it helps with so many different things. But one of the things we even think about is, you know, your bone mineral density. Um, so if we start from the inside and work out and think about the, the bones that hold our bodies up, you know, as people age, one of the things that they're prone to if they don't have, you know, a lot of strong bone mineral density is, pat is fractures when they fall, you know, and so we are concerned about that. So that's one reason to be doing some type of strength training or weight bearing exercise. But then another reason that uh, anybody, women or men, tend to have issues as they age is they start to lose muscle strength. And with that, it increases your risk for falls or problems with your, your gait or how you walk. So it is just very important, you know, for women especially to be doing some type of strength training, whether it's body weight exercises. So if it's a woman who has been active in the past and maybe, you know, they're not comfortable going to the gym and they'll ask me, what could they do at home? You know, I talk to them about a couple of things to invest in, maybe a stability ball which, you know, or Swiss ball, some people call them, um, a couple of weights, and then also just your body. So, you know, as far as push-ups or pull-ups, you can buy like pull-up bars. Personally, I have to put a plug in. Push-ups are my favorite exercise of all because it's such a compound exercise. Mm -hmm. But um, using it, the stability ball to lift weights with your arms and then obviously body weight squats. So there are just lots of things that they could do at home or in the gym, you know, it's a playground. <laughs> That's right. But very and, important. Very and, important. And how often should women say they haven't done it at all? Like they're just cardio addicts, you know, and they just run or walk, but do nothing else. How often should they be strength training? So if they are cardio addicts, that means that they're already, you know, someone who is not naive to exercise. So I would advise them to do it at least three times a week. So every other day, you know, and then have your rest day. And I still would advise them to have some cardio in there. Mm -hmm. Because it's still very important. And yeah. even the cardio we are doing, a lot of it is weight bearing. So it's still benefiting our bones and our muscles. So it's not something to throw out. So that's right. great. I love push-ups too. And I think the most important thing about push-ups is consistency. You know, yes. even if you just do start where you can and work up every day, get those in every day. That's a really easy exercise that you can do. It gets your abs. It gets all different parts of your arms. It's, it's wonderful. And you know, Yami, that's really what started me to thinking about hiring a personal trainer is I cannot do like two push-ups, And I was like, what happened? You know, in my mind, I was thinking, where, where did I, when did I become so weak? And so, you know, one summer, I think it was 2012, I started like my own push-up challenge, just, just Harriet against Harriet. And I was determined while my husband was away with the military, I was determined. I was like, you are going to be able to do push-ups by the time he gets home. And I just kept working and working and working. And I look back at that and I laugh because I love push-ups. <laughs> How many push-ups can you do now? I don't know. I mean, I, I rarely just go straight out. A lot of times I'll do sets of them, mm -hmm. like supersets. So I trained chest the other day and I probably knocked out like a hundred in between the chest things I was doing, but I just do them to fail. But I don't that's, know if awesome. I'm in a, a competition for doctors. <laughs> do you feel like, are you the kind of person now, now that you've had enough habit formation in this, are you able to go out there and push yourself or do you still need somebody to get you to that level where it hurts really bad? <laughs> no, I push myself. So 
um, after I hired the trainer that I have now, because he's out in California, I have to train myself. So me being type A, <laughs> I go into the gym every day, except for maybe one or two for weights, but I'm in the gym every day. But I go into the gym and I have my workout written out and I have a little grid underneath. And so I use the date and then however many reps I'm going to do and whatever weight. And I track that over weeks and I do, I tell myself where I'm at baseline. And then, you know, I track how much weight I can put on there, especially because I know that if the last three sets don't burn, I'm not pushing myself. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is my shoulders are like, most people are always talking about my shoulders and they're, they're genetically just shapely. But when I first started training, I, when I was working the, the posterior or the back of my shoulders, I could only push like 15 pounds and now I can do 60 pounds. And that's not even been a long period of time. And I'm like, that's crazy. When I go back and look, I can't even fathom that I've made that much progress. Hey humans, I know you wanna eat healthier, but feel strapped for time. And even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients, as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide the recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello, spring. And time is limited, especially if you want fresh, home cooked, healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use the code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutrigreens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutrigreens, and we loved it. The Daily Nutrigreens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend, along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients, such as B12, iron, Iron, zinc, and selenium. The daily greens are certified organic, and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The daily NutriGreens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. Another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! When I tried the apple banana daily NutriGreens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrate it into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time or access to fresh green veggies. 
If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. But yeah, I push myself and anybody else. <laughs> nice. I should have you train me then. I, I love cardio and I've run marathons too. And I can, yeah. I can push myself on that. But when it comes to making my muscles certain, I'm like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But you know, you get to a point where you just are like, I want to see if I can do this. And mm-hmm. so once I set a personal record, I'll, I'll put it on my little grid and then I'll see how long I stay there and if I can go up. Oh, that's so cool. The other thing I wanted to mention that I just recently learned about the difference between muscle and fat is that for our basal metabolic rate, and you can confirm this if I'm totally lying here or not, each pound of fat burns 14 calories and each pound of, I mean, each pound of muscle burns 14 calories and each pound of fat only burns three. So as we age, and we start displacing some of our muscle with fat. That's what people call this slow metabolism thing. It's not really that your metabolism has changed. It's that your body composition has changed and that affects your basal metabolic rate. So even if you're eating the same thing, but now your body's burning less because you have more fat than you had muscle before, that makes a big difference. So that might be a motivator for some women to get out into the gym and do strength training. Yes. And that's what I experienced. And it sounds like you had experienced a little bit of that too, as far as when we see the changes and then it's like, okay, even if your weight doesn't change that much, your body just looks different mm-hmm. and it's nothing you can do to rev that back up. <laughs> yep. Just got to get in the gym and do the strength. Yeah. yeah you got to lift weights. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit to nutrition. You said that you, you made some changes in your diet and the way you were, you were vegan, but then yeah. you changed some things. So what tips can you give women that want to stay at the top of their game and want to make sure that they continue to have a normal body mass index and, and body composition? What tips do you have about eating a plant-based diet? We want to make sure that we find and identify nutrient-dense foods. Um, another thing that I kind of try to have people stay away from is a lot of excessive juicing. So what most people don't realize with that is regardless of whether it's, you know, plant-based or not, all things have some protein as well as some carb and that carb breaks down to sugar. And so in women, especially because of where we tend to deposit our fat, whenever we are absorbing or taking in or consuming too much sugar, then it's going to kind of feed those areas like in our lower bellies and in our thighs. Some people develop it on their back as well, but the areas that you don't want it. And so that was probably the biggest eye opener for me is, you know, I was very carb heavy and I'm not saying carbs aren't good because they are, you need them to be able to go to the gym and work out, you know, lift weights. But you want to chew most of your carbs than drink most of your carbs. And I think that's a a mistake I made personally. And I see it a lot of times when women tell me I'm going to detox. And I'm like, okay, well, what are we detoxing? Because if you change your meal plans and if you're eating a plant-based diet, maybe you weren't eating a clean plant-based diet before, 
then your liver and your kidneys are going to naturally detox you. You know, so if you need a couple of days to reset, if you feel like you need to do something to reset, that's one thing. But I'm not a big advocate of a lot of juicing. Now, I, with that being said, I do use a plant-based protein powder. And, you know, I do that because of how I lift weights. So if someone, if a woman is, is starting to make changes and also going to the gym, then you may want to start at, by adding one you know, plant-based shake to your, your nutrition a day. And that's a little bit different because for most of them, you're going to get about 20 grams of protein and only like six carbs, you know, and of that three grams sugar. So, you know, I am an advocate of that and a small amount of berries you can put in there, but you still want to be mindful. You want to measure everything. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you need to watch the ratios you have, but also stick to your whole foods yes. and your foods that are maybe low in calorie density, high in nutrient density. That's correct. And so does this also apply to just whole fruit, like say just eating an apple or eating grapes? Yeah, it would be better to eat an apple. Well, you want to look at your fruits as well and, and their composition. So there are certain fruits that are going to have a little more sugar, like your grapes, or if you did eat an entire apple, you know, sometimes you want to have a smaller apple, but like your bananas or your oranges or your grapes or your pineapples are probably going to be fruits that you want to minimize how much you're using. Personally, what I recommend is you freeze them, you know, so sometimes you do want to add a, a little bit of banana to your protein, you know, shake, or you may want to add some pineapple chunks rather than using the, the fruit that's just how it comes or, you know, you cut it and you put it in there, you freeze it. I usually recommend even with the bananas more on the green side and you get a little bit of that flavor without all that excess sugar. Mm -hmm. But yes, you know, all fruits aren't created equal. Yeah. <laughs> Berries are pretty good as far as just in general, you don't usually go wrong with them, but some people have food allergies as well and have to avoid them. Now, you're in a very special category because you have to watch your calories very closely, right? I mean, you probably yes. do calorie counting, you measure things. Yes. But in general, for most people that eat a plant-based diet, do you advocate weighing and measuring and counting or how do you talk to your patients about it? It depends because as we kind of touched on before, a lot of my patients um, that seek advice for nutrition have more than one health goal and one of the goals is to lose weight body weight total you know mm -hmm. we didn't even touch on the composition and so in those patients then we do talk about measuring their foods and their portions because that is important and you know portion control just in general is an issue with us in the united states i mean mm -hmm. everything's supersized and large so for most people yes um however you know for certain things like your salads as long as you're not going overboard with your dressings um, your green vegetables pretty much are, you know, open as yeah. far as you don't have to do a lot of counting. Carbs, you probably want to measure your portions as well. So there's certain just food groups that need to be measured. Your healthy fats, even, even though they're necessary, you know, I guess it would depend on a person's body composition, but like just most women don't need to sit down and eat an entire avocado a day. Aww. Not the entire <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. And the reason I asked that question specifically is because you do hear a lot in the plant-based community, there's no need to weigh and measure, don't count your calories, just eat until you're satisfied. But I do feel like there is a small percentage of people that can still overeat on yeah. the more dense foods, even if they're whole foods, because I, I try to advocate as much whole foods as possible. But like you're saying, avocados, nuts, especially, yeah, those can go, that's easy to go overboard. <laughs> yeah. And then even your grains, because yeah. I'm Panamanian. Yeah. I love me some rice. I can have two or three huge bowls of rice. No problem. That's no problem for me. <laughs> so, so yeah. if you are, if you do have specific goals, like you were talking about, sometimes even though that's a hard thing to come, you know, face to face with, you do have to limit some of those portions. But like you said, 
your lowest calorie density foods, your green and yellow, um, low calorie density vegetables, non-starchy vegetables, and your salad things, your, you know, green leafy, leafy greens, you don't really have to because those are so low in calorie density that it's really difficult to overeat on those. So thank you for that. You have children. Can you tell me a little bit about your kids and how do you raise them? Do you raise them with a plant-based diet? How has that been at home? (laughs) I have one. (laughs) So I have a 16-year-old son and this has been a journey. So if I had to do it all again, I don't have many regrets, but I probably would have introduced him to more plant-based things early on. This is, this is a more of a, a tough one for me, mm-hmm. mainly because I went vegan or became vegan, as I said, because I really feel like it's just who I am. I've never, ever enjoyed meat. Just, mm-hmm. I got in trouble as a kid for not eating meat. Um, but I, you know, and so once you remove animal products, then I feel like you become more compassionate to animals and then it becomes an ethical thing as well. Mm-hmm. So this is how we are in my household. I have one child, son, he's 16, which we know that males that are teenagers are the hardest to convert. He eats vegan sometimes, but no, he's not vegan. I would say that the majority of his meals are vegetarian, but even still he flexes in meats. Mm -hmm. Now what's interesting is, is that he is doing, he's a junior, but they start their senior paper in their junior year. He's doing his junior um, research paper on how a plant-based diet affects your health. Totally didn't know about this. I just happened to see what his thesis was earlier this last year and I was impressed. So, once he did that, like he stopped doing a lot of dairy, but every now and again, when I make it an issue and I say, this is vegan, then he's like, can I have, and he'll name an animal product. So he's a work in progress. My husband is vegan. Awesome. So he started off regular, you know, just a carnivore. And over the time period, he has transitioned. And then uh, last year he made the leap. So now he's, he's vegan, but, and that probably has been... <laughs> more impactful for our son than me being this big vegan advocate all along. But um, studies have shown that his demographic, my son's, is the toughest to convert. Mm-hmm. So it's a work in progress. But, but I feel like teenagers in general, like it has to be their idea, right? Like, yeah. especially mom. I mean, no, it can't be mom's idea. So, you know, I think as moms, both for our husbands or partners and for our teen ch- children, we have to take a step back, take a deep breath and just let them go out and have their own journey. Give them that information and that support. But I feel like probably most kids, especially having such an amazing mom as you, you. he will come back to it and they'll be like, you know, mom was probably right. And especially if he starts seeing how it affects his body and how he feels before and after he has certain foods. Um, so. Yeah, and with the research that he's doing with, you know, for his paper, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Because when I read things, you know, I try to read it on the slide and I'm like, hmm. you know, he's doing a good job. I'm trying not to sway him at all or put too much of my spin into anything. But I was actually impressed that his mindset was to have this as his senior project. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That's really neat. Okay. So, um, Let's talk about, we talked a little bit about your food prep, but what is your go-to meal? What's your favorite thing to eat? Beans and rice. And do you have a particular type of beans you like? Pinto beans. Nice. (laughs) Beans and And, rice. Yummy. And I do um, brown, either basmati or brown jasmine rice. Yeah, I think me and you. We'll get along really, really well. So. Throw a little salsa on there. Oh my goodness. Oh, salsa is the best. That's great. Um, What mode, I already asked you that. What personal habit are you most proud of? How did you achieve it? And how do you maintain it? So I would say my, my personal habit that I'm most proud of is just that I'm so disciplined. It's just my discipline. Mm Mm-hmm. How did I achieve it? I don't know. It's my personality. I just love discipline. I love rules. I love 
check boxes and just anything, a schedule, you know, I like to keep it tight, but I also, um, I think that when you're a disciplined person, I mean, it's just, it's easier to get through life. I don't know for mm -hmm. me. <laughs> well, you had to That's have what I'm most proud of most people when they meet me, they think I'm in the military and I'm not, but you know, I just do things so regimented all the time. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. But you must've had along the way, plenty of rewards that kept you that way. The rewards of whenever you were disciplined, yeah, you achieved like, you know, what you wanted to. Exactly. Like when you're disciplined in school, you make excellent grades, um, which allowed me to go straight through and get into medical school and excel there. So I guess, you know, the, the point that being disciplined and focused, uh, that's another thing is once I'm focused on something, it's, that's it. I'm, nothing can distract me from that. Um, those are two of the, the things I'm probably most proud of because then that's my motivation. Oh, I love it. That's great. I want to be more like you. There are certain things I'm very disciplined on and there are some things that I'm definitely not so disciplined on. So um, <laughs> for somebody that's just beginning their health and wellness journey, they don't know where to start, maybe a mom with some kids, where would you recommend that they start? I think, you know, one of the things that may be great, if they have access to a gym, you know, that they start there in, in some type of fitness class. So a lot of times when you have a group fitness class, there's accountability, there's fun because you're not by yourself. There's an instructor. So you're not feeling like you don't know what you're doing and it'll allow you to kind of be exposed to different aspects of fitness. So weight training, just lifting the weights may not be someone's strong point, but it, there may be a fitness class that involves, you know, barbell strength training where you're doing, you know, plyometrics or, you know, or a bar class or any of those things. And so the, the gym that I belong to is Lifetime Fitness or Lifetime Athletic Charlotte. And that's one of the things I love about the gym is the facility has so many different types of activities under one roof. And I've been able to encourage, you know, people that I, I know in the community to join Lifetime just because of all the things that are there that you don't have to say, well, I'm going to go here and do cardio and then leave there and go to a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. So yoga is one of the things that I have been wanting to do for mindfulness and just for that inner peace. Because as you know, we can get kind of busy and, and mm -hmm. Days can get crazy. And it's really nice to have that there. And like just last night, I was in the locker room and I was quickly changing from lifting weights to go to yoga. And a young lady came in and I knew she was in medicine because she had scrubs on, but I didn't know, I didn't know her. And she, we just started chatting and she said something about, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, yoga. I said, I'm going to go to yoga. You should come to yoga. I don't even know what made me say that, but she came. And this morning she had sent me a message on Instagram to thank me. So obviously she knew who I was. I, I didn't know her. And she sent me a message to thank me and, and to tell me that's just what she needed. And, you know, it's nice when you have just variety. So for someone who is just starting out, I would say definitely, you know, get into a fitness facility that gives you variety and gives you the options to try different things and find your niche. And to have fun with it, just like you yeah. were saying, there's so many different things to do and there's no right activity or no right exercise for everybody. Like one thing that I loved and I, I'm not able to do right now because of my schedule, but jazzercise is so fun. I don't know if you ever tried that, but just, you get yeah. to dance for an hour. I mean, that's so much fun, but somebody may not like that. So they might like the yoga, or like you're saying, bar classes. So finding different things that stimulate that fun center of your brain that you're like, Ooh, I'm going to go have something fun to do instead of like, eh, I have to go work out now. You know, it's a whole different way that your body approaches that. So that's very good advice. And I also encourage them to do it at a time of the day when they need it. You know, like I was just talking with you about if you have a stressful day, whether you're a stay at home mom or you work outside of the home and at the end of the day, you're just, you're just over it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that is the best time to go to the gym and take care of yourself, you know, heal yourself, use that time to kind of decompress. And once you get those endorphins going and you feel good, it's, I cannot explain it, but then you crave that. And then it becomes a habit, you know? So 
everybody thinks, well, I need to do it in the morning. And that does work for some people. And I have to do it two times a day by default. But one of the things I like about in the morning, even if I'm sleepy, is it gives me a great attitude for the day. I'm full of energy that day. I go in, I'm on top of the world. Your patients may beat you up, meaning the schedule, as far as it may be rigorous. And then at the end of the day, I go throw weights around because that's how I relieve some stress or decompress. And so that's something else I, I encourage people that are new to fitness is we all have things in our day that are just irritating or annoying or, you know, that we don't want to deal with. And rather than get on the phone or go eat something or just, you know, start an argument, sometimes it happens, um, go do something for yourself. Mm, that is just golden advice because I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I am an evening eater. That's when I want, and that's a signal that my body needs to de-stress, but it can't find the appropriate way to do that. So why not do something that's going to be healthy for me in the long run instead of going against my goals? So that's great advice. So eating, you're starting to yell at your kids, you just feel like you're about to run up the walls, <laughs> maybe think about hitting the gym instead that time of day. That's wonderful advice. Dr. Harriet, you said that you're starting a new business. Tell me about that. What's going on over I there? Am. This is exciting. So another thing I think I was born for, um, I have just acquired a business inside of Lifetime Athletic Charlotte. And it is called Charlotte Proactive Care Clinic. So it's a concierge medical model, meaning I won't be dealing with insurance. Um, but what I will be doing is twofold. For my concierge patients, I will be their primary care. So I'll be doing, you know, simple primary care type things starting at age 14 all the way up. And then for the other part, the proactive and integrative, I will be working with a registered dietitian as well as a personal trainer to help clients and patients reach health goals. So we will be performing um, DEXA scan for body composition measurements, um, sitting down with me and the patient one-on-one -on -one and just dissecting their health history as well as running lab analysis and then customizing care plans. So almost exactly like I do to get ready for a competition, but instead of getting ready for a competition, this is kind of a springboard for patients to improve their overall health. So they'll have um, meetings with the dietitian where it's carved out exactly what they need to be eating and how they need to do that, as well as a customized uh, movement plan. So the meeting with a personal trainer and then being able to work with either a trainer at Lifetime or train themselves so that they can reach health goals. So I'm very excited about it because it marries the two things that I am most passionate about. And I'm hoping that I will be able to revolutionize Charlotte and get a lot of people off medication. Ooh, that's so exciting. And it's um, in the gym. <laughs> that's, I mean, you're going to be so at home. It's going to be like, I'm afraid you may never go home if you well, work that's there. The problem. <laughs> that's the problem because the gym opened on December 14th. We had our grand opening. I officially opened February 12th. I'm there every day, right? So what's crazy is I literally have to check in and let my family know I'm okay because I don't want to go home. Oh, that <laughs> is so cool. To the, next, to the next. It's amazing. I spoke with Dr. Joel Kahn last week. I don't know if you know of him, America's Healthy Heart Doc. Yes. And he talked about something called an MTP, a massively transformative purpose. Yeah. You should look it up. Peter Diamandis. It sounds like this is going to be your MTP. You're going to transform and revolutionize Charlotte. I love it. I can't wait to my see goal. all the headlines. It is my goal. I'm, I'm trying to be known all over that what Dr. Harriet did in Charlotte. Oh, that's real. Well, I will post it on all my social media platforms. Thanks. I can't wait. So, you know, I'm assuming that this is going to be as far as the dietitian working with people, is it going to be all kinds of diets, or are you going to try to steer people into the plant-based side? So because of, of who is kind of my managing partner, it will be all types, right? All types of nutrition plans. However, one of the things that we discussed, even when I was thinking about this role is, you know, I'm a known entity here in Charlotte, and I'm known as the vegan bikini doc. So I'm going to draw a lot of people who you know, know that I'm plant-based and they want to be plant-based. So I made sure that the dietitian I hired is well-versed in that. 
But just like anything else, I mean, I try to, as I said, you know, lead by example in health. And, you know, if people want to be plant-based, that's great. But I'm not, I'm a very gentle person as far as with that is concerned. I'm aggressive in other areas, but it's not for everyone. It, so if we can get their diet to be the majority of it plant-based, that's great. But I don't want, you know, anyone to come in thinking, oh, I got to eat this way. Because just as we talked about with, you know, the teenagers, it's got to be a personal decision. And if I can help someone just get more on a whole food diet that is majority plant-based, then we're winning all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what I believe too. We're not going to make everybody vegan. Not everybody has an interest in being that way. It doesn't have to be all or nothing, but the majority of people can start to make changes to at least integrate more whole plant foods into their diet. And that's going to benefit them. So exactly. beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I am so excited. And when is your yeah, next bikini? When is your next bikini competition going to be? So I am, my next one is March 18th. That is the uh, Fit Doctors Competition. And that's in Miami. So that's not, a, that's not an IFBB show. That's a, um, a, a show that's put on by physicians. So you should be in that. Oh, but well maybe next year. I can't do it this year. But and I'm going to need your services if I'm going to do it ever. <laughs> I got you. I'll take care of you. And then the very next week will be my first IFBB competition, so the 24th. Oh, man. You have so much wonderful things uh, in store ahead for you, Dr. Thank Harriet. You. I am so excited. Well, how can people connect with you if they'd like to learn more about what you're doing? Multiple ways. So I have Instagram. I am Diva1098. <laughs> And then on Facebook, I am Harriet Davis IFBB Pro. Okay. I have a website that is www.veganbikinidoc.wordpress.com. Or they can email me at veganbikinidoc at gmail.com. Excellent. I'll make sure I put links to all of those on the show notes. And, and then, oh, go ahead. I'm no, I'm sorry. And, well, I was going to ask for your new business. That's what I will, thought. That's will you be doing any telehealth or remote things, or does everybody have to come to your physical location? Yeah, right now we were looking at that because there's only six of us, like our clinics throughout the U.S., and it has to be come to the location just because mm -hmm. of the not being licensed in multiple states. Mm -hmm. And what will be the contact information for local people in your area that want to find you there? So it's Charlotte Proactive Care and it is 11220 Golf Links Drive, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28277. The phone number is 704 901 7157. Excellent. I'll put all that information. I'm very jealous of all of you that live in or near Charlotte that get to meet Dr. Harriet and Thank get you. her expert <laughs> consultation. Dr. Harriet, this has been wonderful. I feel like I could talk with you for hours, like but, <laughs> but we have to cut it short for our listeners. So thank you so much for being a guest today and for giving us all your knowledge and experience today. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your awesome podcast. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I will make sure to keep tabs on you, and I can't wait to post all the headlines about all the news you're making over there in Charlotte. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Have a plantastic day. You too, my friend. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rocketsurgeonsmusic. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash veggiefitkids, or you can email me at veggiedoctor, V-E-G-G-I-E-D-O-C-T-O-R, at veggiefitkids.com. 
Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. We're having broccoli. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.